Do you hear that? It's something quite extraordinary. If you pay attention and listen closely, you'll hear the stories of senior executives transforming brands and the experiences of real people in their natural habitat with those very same brands. Follow your host, Dennis Wakabayashi, as he pulls out his microphone to capture authentic reactions from the people he meets as he travels around the world. These are unrehearsed, unsponsored, and real conversations about CX that you won't find anywhere else. This is CX in the Wild. Hi, Ashu. Ashu Roy. I, we're together at um, the Reuters Customer Service and Experience 2022 event in San Diego. I'm, I'm on stage presenting some people. You happen to be here with eGain, your company. I recently just added you to the, the CX Hall of Fame. We don't know each other. You had no idea it was coming. But, but the purpose of that list is to recognize people who are active and, and if I'm being totally honest, I think it, part of me is, it, it is also for people who are sacrificing or paying the price of developing a piece of this industry. And I don't do it because you've sold me something or I've, I, I had a great time with you at the bar. I'm really just looking for people who I say, that person somewhere behind the scenes is paying dues that no one knows about. And so that's why I, I mentioned you. Ashu, this podcast I have is completely unscripted. It's called CX in the Wild. It's really not to, intended to sell products or, or do anything but let me and people who I, I'm curious about talk about stuff. So thank you for agreeing to be on CX in the Wild. Thank you very much, Dennis. Yes. So Ashu, since it is a, a random encounter, what are your thoughts about this going through your mind right now? My first thought is one of surprise. Uh, the second, which I think is a more uh, sustained thought, is one of uh, gratitude, uh, because I'm really surprised but grateful that you have acknowledged the contribution of eGain. And since I'm one of the co-founders, uh, thereby our contribution and my contribution uh, to developing uh, the next generation of customer experience technology, a part of it. Yeah, let's talk about that contribution because certainly we could sell your brand and your technologies, but, but you do that with your teams all day long. We don't need this podcast to do this. When you're contributing to this part of the industry, let's talk about why. Somewhere in your path, you decided to do this instead of paint or do poetry. Yes. How do we get here? I uh, The journey has been an interesting one, like most origin stories. Um, I started eGain because before eGain, in the mid-90s, uh, I was with my co-founder, uh, one of the first to develop a service on the web called WhoWare, which was a white pages. It was connecting people who were. That was the name. Uh, and we would help people find each other online. And this was before the consumer mobile experiences. Um, 
We were the 11th most trafficked website. I think I've been to, uh, I'm certain. Yes, it was a long time ago. The reason for that, the, the trigger point was that it went well, you know, we did well with that business, Tim team did well. Uh, in that process, we saw the, the need for better customer service from our users who were pounding us with requests to change, to in update, to remove their information, to add new people. And that led us to believe that there was an opportunity to go beyond the traditional model of face-to-face -face and phone. And so we kind of went on this journey of digital customer service, starting with email and then we added chat and then knowledge and so on. So that was the genesis. Digital customer service. I've yeah. never heard face-to-face -face and format. That, that's very um, sort of, to me, authentic. And, 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 you know, digital was the thing at that, that we all were going into the information economy. Yes. So you decided to take digital. And I'm just curious because I'm a digital guy. What was the first thing string that you pulled on? It was email at that point. Email was the most commonly used digital channel and the one that was growing the most. This was 97, 98. Uh, and we, uh, we were the, the, the biggest email management. It wasn't called cloud back then. Uh, it used to be, it used to be called, uh, <laughs> jogging everyone's memory, ASPs. Uh, application service providers. So we were the first application service provider with our own application on the internet uh, serving enterprises. This was 97, 98. And from there, of course, one thing led to another. So let's talk about one thing leading to another. Yes. You do email. And I want to just flash forward. Yes. Now, now here you are with this platform. It has all the, the digital bells and whistles, yes. uh, algorithms, artificial intelligence, yes. machine learning, buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. And I presume that the, the, the software you have now is really a, uh, it's an assembly of a digital solutions that you've identified and you've said, okay, you know, this new digital technology will be important to our ecosystem of service. And I want, I'd love to hear from you from uh, the CEO, founder, leadership perspective, because I talk to a lot of people who are selling this stuff and they're like, this is why it's awesome, this is the next thing, but you have crafted or you're the chef of this meal. Tell me about those ingredients, why? We have, uh... It's a mixture of our belief in what would be useful for our clients, as well as listening to what clients want for their specific use. So your clients and, the, and those people, but none of them say, you know what we need is some AI in here. <laughs> yes. Look, um, what has, you know, as you said, flash forward. Yeah. What we, what we have now is a real platform and a suite of applications on platform. Yep, gotcha. And, 
And things have changed over the last 25 years dramatically, and we have changed with it, and quite often leading, sometimes getting it right, sometimes get, not getting it too right, and that's good. Uh, you know, we believed in knowledge management as a critical component of customer service and customer experience for a very long time. We've, we've had the solution, but the market always, for example, felt that it was good but nice to have. And now it's a need which is kind of must have. Yeah, an urgency. Right. So similarly, I'm just giving you some examples. We built out a solution for web-based co-browsing in a secure way a long time ago. Okay, can I just, before yeah. you jump in, sure. I love that. I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, that sooner or later, yeah. that thing is going to be like the, the norm. Yes. Like, I don't know why. Yes. I met one company in the Netherlands. Yes. I've only met one yes. and I wanted to do a story on them so yeah. bad yeah. and it didn't work out, but yeah. I, we might want to talk about it. Okay, so go yeah. ahead. So I was giving you two examples. Two things we went in early with. One that has kind of become really active and, oh yeah, we need to have that. Of course, it's obvious. And the other one, not yet. But we don't give up on that. Right? We believe that that'll make the experience of the end customer easier and better. So we keep working that's kind of an example of how we have, in, you ask me, I'm the chef, how am I thinking about some things I'm willing to work with for a while. Yeah, I, I love that. So it just makes me think you've got this with the chef metaphor. Yeah. Everybody seems to me out there to have the same stuff. Is there something, and you, you can say no, but is there something you're looking at that you're like, this thing is the next application that needs to go in our suite? Like, are people not looking somewhere? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, again, I and, think... And because this goes out there, I really want to protect your IP. If, yeah. I don't want to... Yeah. Okay. This is not stuff that is not out there, but we just came out with it about a year and a half ago. And we are seeing some interesting stuff there. So I'll tell you that that uh, belief that we are going with. And the belief is that service is critical, no doubt. Service fundamentally is demand-based, meaning someone asks you a question, wants help, you solve them. We believe, and I firmly believe, that there is an opportunity to move beyond responding to service requests to coaching and guiding your customers on areas that are of interest to them. For example, one area that we picked is financial services, right? So we, we built out the solution. It's still version one, but it's getting better. We call it the virtual financial coach. So this coach now is being used by 30 plus credit unions in the US. We work with a partner. It's kind of different. This is not typical. This partner is called Green Path. They have the know-how of how to do good financial advice and financial coaching. We've taken that content and deployed it in our platform and turned it into a continuous engagement, which is not just a bot that says, oh, this is great and you can save money this way, but what are your financial goals? And using that then provide you advice that it follows through over time. And we feel that this is a foundation. More and more companies will look at how do I make your, as a consumer, your cognitive load reduce that? So that's an example. I'm just going to pause and let that soak in for a minute and be thoughtful about my response to you. 
you've opened my eyes to something in this conversation, which is why I do this. One of the main reasons. I'm, I've, I, I cut my teeth in the internet. If you were to Google me, you would see that um, before I got into CX, I was named one of the top marketing automation or CM expert leaders in the world for strategy mm -hmm. and implementation. And I'm very well versed in the nurture campaigns. Email goes out, transact, uh, engagement happens, and more email goes out. Having said that, I've never been a fan until this very minute about chat. I've been like, it doesn't work. No matter who you ask, no one has a good experience. But you've suddenly made me realize with your one nuanced perception, all you're doing in your chat system is accelerating nurture. <laughs> you're making nurture more of a real-time practice uh -huh. than it is in this long-distance way that I used to do it. So thank you for sharing that with me. Sure. I would also say on, on a less philosophical note, um, I'm going to be interviewing uh, Andrew from H&R Block. Sure. He's, he's had a CX over there. I'm interviewing him after, after I talked to you, and I had dinner with him the other night. This is exactly the kind of transformative partnership that H&R Block needs because to build that internally, they're going to have to they're going to have to learn how to make the recipe that you have, and it doesn't scale that way yeah. very well. Yeah. They'd be wise to add. So uh, there'll be an introduction in, in Thank the you. future. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the tell me about your business. So. How long has he gained since you switched over and you started doing it? How long have you been focused on this as? Uh, so we have been in eGain now 25 years, right? So we have seen the wave of the internet thrice now. <laughs> yes. 25 years at building this suite of applications. Yes. And how many, just can you share with me a percentage? How many of those are, are grown in your own technology programming garden, and how many of those are ingredients that you've brought in, customized, or partnered? Sure. So, you know, we we acquired five five technology companies over the lifetime of our journey. Um, interestingly, a couple of the ideas that I talked to you about, like this coach, came from an acquisition that I did almost 20 years ago. But we took the sort of the germ of an idea and then developed it because a lot of times you have a sense of what you think should be possible but the technology is not there yet. But with the explosion in open source and cloud computing and so on, it becomes easier to assemble, as you said, the, the ingredients, the chef can cook it up. And that's what we have done to create these sorts of uh, sustained experience uh, applications how what percentage would you say is so because you've acquired it it's almost all in it's your, all in your garden yes you know you talk about you have this idea for 20 years ago first of all begin back to co-browsing hello when is the world going to wake up to yeah. that so i'm glad you have that in your <laughs> your um wheelhouse you know you're so right one of the things the pandemic and i, I hate when we have to always go back to the pandemic but during the pandemic, I had this epiphany. I felt so digitally um, humbled when I, for the first time during the pandemic, said, you know what I am going to do? I'm going to try this pay, this pay, touchless payment. I'm like, 
So I'm with my kids. And I'm like, so I just touch my phone and they're like, yes, bro, double click and touch your phone. And the first time I did it, my it's like my whole like my whole life flashed before my eyes. I was like, <laughs> how is this? I mean, Anshu, I had implemented these mm. systems in other businesses, but nobody would adopt them. And I was like, why aren't people adopting them? And I didn't adopt them. But now, if you don't have that in the cab, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, boop, I want to tap my watch and go. So it's amazing how many of these ideas are yet to hit the marketplace yes. and even how many are there that are people are still. I'll, I'll share with you yeah. one of the, the, the technologies that I see that I've been a proponent of this small little startup in San Francisco for a while. They have a technology and they enable payment transactions and shopping in mm -hmm. the chat window, okay. like WhatsApp yeah, yeah. or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what makes them kind of powerful is they're the only ones backed by Ingenico. So Ingenico okay. secures that transaction. So okay. it's not like, give me your credit card. It's the full e-commerce. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching this company for two years now, not getting on the uptake. WhatsApp is the third largest social network in the world. Mm. It is like ripe for shopping. No more shopping carts. You just right. go straight in and right. they're not getting traction. Like it's just, it's one of those things we're talking about. I'm just like, there it is, people. Um, so tell us about, tell me, so how big is E-Gain now? What countries, what markets? You're yeah. not everywhere. Yeah, we, not. we are scale-wise, we are sort of run rate $100 million business. Um, profitable, growing at about 20%. So still not the kind of growth that I think is possible and will will be looking for. Uh, but the part that's really rewarding for us is we have a 200 customers, so these are large companies, right? And mostly in the US and Western Europe. So that's where we have built our practice so far. But now I think there is an opportunity to now go into, so we are moving into mainland Europe a little more. Uh, what we see is more and more you know, the, the balance between the money pressures and the experience demands or expectations, right? And businesses increasingly are recognizing that if you do things well, that you can in fact have the ability to have both. Like the example I gave in my talk, uh, where you can have your 25 point increase in net promoter score and increase your first contact resolution by 35%. You can do the two together, right? So we feel like that is a good story now for the rest of the world as well, not just for the US and, and Western Europe. And the, the CX, particularly the customer care side of CX, it's the, the pandemic really opened that whole workforce to the world. Mm. And I think it, you know, I think I see companies starting to have customer care departments that mm. maybe in the past, past were like, mm -hmm. I don't know if we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what's on the horizon for you? I know you, you have to go. Uh, what's mm -hmm. on the horizon for you um, as a leader? Yeah, I think for us, the next big thing which we have started the journey on is building out an ecosystem around our platform. Because we see a lot of interest and uh, desire to build value-added content and technology on top of our platform. So the plat our core platform has three pieces. 
just a little bit of the geekiness here. Yes. <laughs> the core of it is the knowledge hub, which is essentially around how do you use content and procedures and know how to solve problems. First of all, and I'll just double click on that yeah. to do it too. That doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. Coming from high volume email yeah. and yeah. a directory yeah. system and yeah. being an API yeah. uh, innovator, yeah. your, your, your DNA or your business birth was yes. around as high competency yes. there. So I can see yeah. why. So yeah. yes. Exactly. So that's the knowledge hub. And then in front of it is what we call the conversation hub. And that is critical to us yes. because yeah. the ability to be the polyglot, right? The one who can yes. talk to everyone. And that's what that hub says. Doesn't say that I have all the pieces. We have quite a few, but we don't guarantee everything. But if you have your own, if you come in with WeChat, no problem, we can talk to you, right? So that conversation hub connects into the knowledge hub. And underlying it is our AI and analytics hub, right? So the reason I bring it up is that this knowledge and conversation hub is where we see a big opportunity to build an ecosystem of value-added players. So like gamification on top of knowledge, for example. The ability to create a network of knowledge that is available to partners over time. People who can add knowledge and create a marketplace in our knowledge. So there is all this capability that we can enable. We don't have to do ourselves. That's kind of the vision we are driving towards. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a process. Mm. Like, I like to listen and I heard you. Mm. This, you, your foundation, it's so right to power it. And I had a sci-fi thought that went through my mind. I watch this. I watch a lot of sci-fi, but mm -hmm. like B-list, C-list sci-fi. <laughs> but one of these statements stuck with me. It just, I have children in college and I teach at a college. Um, <clears throat> but in the sci-fi movie, there were two mothers and they were having coffee and one was fretting about the college tuition, which I think we all seriously do. <laughs> And so I was empathized. I was like, I know, sis, I don't know how you're going to pay for that. And the other mother was consoling her, but also saying, don't settle. Spend the extra money because nobody wants to learn from humans. You want to, you want to pay for the college that has the, 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 the robots. Oh, right. like, and I was like, that, that's scary, but I get it. Maybe someday, yeah. You said another thing yeah. that really spoke to me in this conversation about um, not receiving questions, but this, this nurturing of knowledge. Again, because I'm a teacher, that speaks to me. It, it also speaks to the journey. And if I'm being just my bringing my own strategic experience to it, the insight there in terms of customer lifetime value and scale, you're like on like a, a really important uh, element that if you can cultivate that, it would be extraordinary for all people. And it would be so much more than how do I change my password, you know? So for that reason, I would love to tell more of that story as it, please, let's, let me be part of telling that story. Um, we have just a few minutes left. As an entrepreneur in this space, in the information economy, in this 
information revolution. Like I really do believe that here's my perspective. In 2014-15, um, the smartphones and e-commerce made Black Friday make more money in e-commerce than retail. And in my mind, unpopular, that's where the industrial revolution stopped and the information mm-hmm. um, uh, revolution really mm-hmm. was here to stay. Mm-hmm. And so you've sort of seen this. What is uh, What has been the the source of your North Star? Like, how do you keep that in mind? As And it's an esoteric question, but what I'm wondering is if uh, somebody's listening to this and they're like, Anshu has, has had some success. His past success is probably a uh, direct result of his wayfinding with that North Star. What are you looking at that is helping you stay on track? Yeah. Um, from a market standpoint, I'm a, a little bit about my personal yes. stuff, right? Which is, I actually am a terrible consumer. I'll tell you why. I consume, but I'm a very lazy consumer. I don't want to work on consumption. To me, consumption should be fun. Consumption should be painless. So when I think of customer service, customer experience, I sort of put on my very demanding hat to say, why do I need to call you? Why do I need to do this as a consumer? Yes. And then I translate that back to say, okay, if I'm helping, if our tools and software and solutions are helping the business do this, if you can appease my request, then you can probably do a good job for the regular customer. And that's one of the things I use all the time. So this proactive engagement, this idea of a coach came from that. I have some money, like most of us do. But my financial advisor is not giving me proactive guidance, right? Why? Because they're busy with other bigger customers, perhaps, or they don't know exactly when and how to do it because I don't want to talk to them endlessly. So those are the places where I seek inspiration. What you said rings so true to me because it's not about the friction with the consumer. Mm -hmm. It's not about the technology power. Mm -hmm. It's, it really is about a person Mm -hmm. has to be solving a problem for themselves. And I love that you're like, I, I see this everywhere because you'll never be done. You'll pass it on to your successors and this, but I love that you have a personal belief that there can be a better way to, to have the transactions of our lives Mm -hmm. be less of a, a requirement and chore. Yes. So I, I really I really appreciate that. I know you you had some time. Thank you for sharing a conversation with me about yourself and how you got here. It's been inspiring. I'll take some of these things with me for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank oh. you. And so our time together in the wild has come to an end. To continue your journey with Dennis, connect on LinkedIn or find out more at teamwakabayashi.com. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of CX in the wild.